We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. It's game week. It's finally here. Our long summer of discontent is over, and football has returned. Here is what we have on tap today. If you missed any of the Lincoln Riley press conference, you'll hear it in its entirety coming up later on in the show. We'll kick off the show every single Monday with three highlights. I'll pick up three cuts from Coach Riley. We'll kind of go through them and uh, really, really hit on those key storylines from what we learned today. Then Chad McKee is going to join us every Monday to take us a little bit more in-depth on exactly what we learned from the presser, and we'll hear from one of our interviews. Today it's Grant Calcaterra who joined us over at the Lincoln Riley press conference. But as always, thank you for subscribing. We have daily podcasts starting now through the end of the college football season. We'll start every week with our podcast recap show, podcast, with our press conference recap show. Our Tuesday show will be the Sooner Sports Podcast live every Wednesday. You'll get a podcast version of the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show. On Thursday, it'll be the Huddle Reloaded, where we look back on Toby and Teddy's Tuesday night show. And then on Friday, you'll get the scene set or audio version and the Coaches Corner Show all delivered straight to your listening device. On Saturday, you'll hear the Sooner Radio Network post-game show. Of course, this week it's on Sunday with the game on Sunday. And then on Sunday, our press conference recap. So lots to get to. So what do you say we tackle it? Welcome. It's game week. It's OU Houston. Let's start by looking back on Lincoln Riley's presser from earlier today. 
All right, real quick before Chad McKee joins us, three things really stood out to me. I thought the first question that was asked was a good one. Lincoln Riley was asked what the defensive expectations are heading into the season. Oh, I wouldn't start into the year now. I mean, we've got expectations on on how we can play here in the beginning. I mean, I expect us to play well, but I also know to build this thing the way we want to build it, it's going to be a process. I got asked about it this morning. Uh, on the uh, on the teleconference and and it was I, I compared it to and I know I have this process a lot to when we came in in 2015 on the other side of the ball and you know we weren't very good there in the beginning now, and I'm not saying that's where we're going to be right now I think we we have plenty of capability to be very good right now but it but it's a process when it's year one it's going to be about consistent improvement so you know, you certainly want to go get off to a great start. We got a, a big time challenge ahead of us here in Houston offensively, uh, but we want to go get off to a great start. And then the key for us to to reach the goals and be as good as we think we can be towards the end of the year is just going to be game by game improvement, and that's what we'll have to have. Alex Grinch as the new defensive coordinator. Obviously, it's a different mindset. They're creating a different culture, and I have constantly loved how Lincoln Riley has looked back on 2015, his first year as the Sooner offensive coordinator. And everyone was sky high after they beat Akron 41-3. to But, you know, Lincoln Riley was, was very frustrated. There was some, I think the term was angst from that. But the, the Sooners eventually found their stride despite putting 41 on the board, righted the ship. That overtime win at Tennessee helped quite a bit. And Oklahoma has been, I guess you could say, the catalyst they've been the best offense in college football consistently now despite what Lincoln Riley looking back at 2015 didn't see as a great start so I, I know our natural reaction is going to be to knee jerk both good and bad but Lincoln Riley keeping everything in perspective as far as defensive expectations are concerned there was no depth chart released today obviously Dana Holgerson had a little jab that he threw about that but was it strategic for Lincoln Ryan? Well, not strategic. Just once again, this is a big week for us. We've still got some some position battles going on. We've got some certainly some spots where we're going to have multiple guys play and uh, haven't made some decisions yet on starters. Um, even in a couple of positions, we've still got as many as three guys that could play and play a majority of the game. So uh, it's just to give us as coaches a better chance to to evaluate it and then hopefully give you guys something a little bit more accurate midweek. You know, I, I understand the desire for broadcasters to have the depth chart. You know, so Toby, we joked about it on the Sooner Sports Podcast live today about wanting to make sure that you know, he's able to get his boards put together. I completely get that. But, yeah, this has kind of become the mark of the Lincoln-Riley era, at least from a starter's perspective into week one. He usually hasn't released the depth chart until either Wednesday or Thursday of game week. And uh, I don't think it's strategic. I think they still have battles where they're not making up their minds. So I'd rather wait. You know, get it Wednesday or Thursday where there's not a bunch of oars at, at maybe, say, a, an inside receiver position, Grant Calcaterra or Lee Morris, maybe to have who you're going to be the guy that starts the game. So uh, I, have, I have no problem with this at all. And maybe one of my favorite moments of the press conference was truly understanding how the decision-making process led into this game being a Sunday night start as opposed to a Saturday morning 11 a.m. kick and recruiting played a major role for Lincoln Riley. When when Joe Castiglione first brought this up to me, that was one of the first things that popped in my mind was the opportunity, you know, for recruiting. The You know, you're going to get, you're going to have tremendous weather. Uh, you're going to have time to 
you know, a lot of times for a Saturday kickoff, you know, to get recruits here from a Friday night game, especially when you recruit all over the country like we do, that's that's challenging. The 11 o'clocks are basically impossible for most of them. And uh, so to be able to get all the kids we want here, to be able to get a lot of them home on, uh, on Monday um, and, and plenty of time to be at their high school practices that next afternoon, for the atmosphere, it's going to be, like you said, the exposure we're going to have. Uh, we'll have a ton of unofficial guys that come in just because, like you said, there's nowhere else for them to go. And they don't have school Monday morning, obviously, either. So it just it fits great. I mean, it really does. It fits great. we got a great group of official visitors coming in and expect to have a lot more great unofficials. And the rest will be watching on TV at home. So it's a great time for us to showcase our program. So there's some highlights, some things that stood out to me. We'll hear the entire press conference in its entirety coming up here in just a bit. Well, what do you say we welcome in Chad McKee, the face of the Sooners, to go a little bit more in-depth with what we learned today. So something new on the podcast this year, Chad McKee is going to join us on Mondays to help us recap and uh, not just the Lincoln Rally press conference game day, since we don't have a game this week. We're looking ahead to Sunday. But I guess you could say what? Are we still going with the face of the Sooners, Chad McKee, or – you just chat, man. I'll take it. You know, I don't, maybe, <laughs> maybe Jalen, Jalen hurts might be the face of the Sooners these days. I mean, he's, he's certainly the guy that everybody wants to talk about or the most buzz is about. Well, let's, let's get into reactions during the Lincoln Riley press conference. Now we're going to have the full presser at the end of this podcast today. Uh, I was knocking out an interview with Dana Holgerson, so I didn't get to listen to it live, but a no depth chart. And I don't think we really expected one, but what was one of your bigger takeaways from the Lincoln Riley press conference? What caught your eye? There was a little, um, you know, it didn't take place during the press conference, but a little give and take between uh, Lincoln Riley and Dana Holgerson, who are friends who have known each other for years. And the, the Mike Leach coaching tree, of course, you know, he uh, Holgerson, when he found out that coach Riley did not um, put out a depth chart, he said, you know what, they're not going to, I'm not going to put one out either. <laughs> but, you know, I, it, that's, that's one of those situations. It, it, we in the media love to look at the depth chart and, and fans kind of do too, but in the grand scheme of things, we'll get one when we need one. You know, Toby's got to got to get his uh, spotter chart ready for the game. Right. That takes hours and hours, so he's the one that probably impacts more than anybody else. Beyond that, um, the, the confidence I think that the coach has in in his new quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and Chris. Let's be honest; it's it's not realistic to expect the numbers, the um, the awards that both. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray were able to win at Oklahoma, but I do think it's it's reasonable to expect the leadership and the um, you know the the success on the football field from Jalen Hurts that we saw from both Kyler and Baker. And I've I've said this the whole time, the whole off season. He he's a good football player. You don't win 26 games as a starting quarterback and uh, win a college football playoff and become a Southeastern Conference Offensive Player of the Year without that. But I, what, what impressed me more about Jalen Hurts was the way that he managed a demotion at Alabama. Right. You know, we see so many young guys, and, and it's hard to blame them in the, in the me-first um, society that we have these days. You see so many who become disgruntled when they encounter a situation like Jalen Hurts, where, you know, you're, you're second on the depth chart, playing time is not going to come your way. 
and he was there for his teammates uh, throughout the season, including the SEC championship game when they beat Georgia, came from behind with Jalen Hurts last year. And that, as much as what he's done on the field, impresses me about him. Uh, the other takeaways, the you know how much different the that we keep hearing the word mentality. Well, what's the scheme defensively? Well, right. how much will the scheme? And it's it's more about the mentality. Don't you get the sense? No, with, absolutely. With yeah, yeah. And and Lincoln's kind of said that. Well, not kind of. He he said that he'll compare it back to the first couple of games whenever he first got here in 2015 when it took the offense a little bit of time to get rolling. But, yeah, I mean, that that seems to be the consistent theme slash point that Lincoln Riley has brought up is I'm not really looking at this as saying, oh, we're a 3-4 team or a 4-3 team, and he didn't put it in those words. It's just it's about mentality, Chad, which is why mm -hmm. I think there's so much mystery for fans around what we're going to see and so many expectations too because they want to see this thing rolling. It is sometimes difficult to coach effort. Great and point. I think if you had a criticism in years past, it was sometimes you just felt like the effort wasn't there. And and I get it. You get beat down in the Big 12 conference defensively. Um, you know, you, you have these offenses that are just coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. And you, you have failure after failure. You get beat down. But what it can't impact is the effort. And effort's a mindset. It has to permeate from top to bottom on your roster. And I think that more than anything is what I expect to see. You know, I don't, we, we don't want to see, you know, a wide receiver for the other team catch a pass and guys just kind of jog over and shove him out of bounds. We want to see everybody pursue the football, make tackles, knock guys out of bounds. Um, and, and that's something that coach Riley, I felt like was alluding to in his press conference. I, I think we'll see more turnovers and more than anything, I think we will see better effort. And, and that's something all of us can relate to. I was impressed with Creed Humphrey. I mean, a, a guy that maybe we didn't get to talk to a ton last year. You get the idea that maybe we're going to hear from him a lot more this season. But Chad, I was really impressed with Creed Humphrey today. Smart guy. Yeah. You know, uh, all Big 12 academics. Um, very, very interested in what that is like. You know, he wants to be a, a model in the classroom just as he is on the field. Uh, and, and his conversation with you was really good. He talked about there's life after football. You know, this is a kid that's a red shirt sophomore in college, and he's already talking about life after football. <laughs> I, I think that um, un, under in other years, he's one of a couple of guys that we'll hear from on the offensive line. But because he's the lone ranger after last year, uh, he's he's going to be the the voice for them until whoever it is. And Adrian Ely is a guy that, that came in with him. I think I think we'll see up there on the offensive line as well. But he is a vocal guy. He's got some of the leadership qualities I feel like that Gabe Eichert had. You know, Gabe, our our buddy who will be on Sooner Game Day, um, and and a lot of the ability. It's crazy. You know, I was listening Chris last year around draft time to Todd McShay, the NFL draft guy for ESPN, talk about. Um, a position or a position group from college teams that's really going to make an impact in the NFL. And he said Oklahoma's offensive line, you know, they, they had won the Joe Moore Award. You've got four guys who are going to get drafted, Samia and Ford, and, of course, the big boys, Bobby Evans. And it was it, it was you, you knew about them. But Todd McShay went a step further. He said there are four guys who are going to get drafted this year in the draft. And they did. But he said, and the center Creed Humphrey, he already knew about Creed Humphrey, he said the center Creed Humphrey might be the best of all of them. 
that's how good this guy is. And it's an important role on the football team to play center, the communication, making sure everybody's in the right place. They've got the best guy in the country. It's not a stretch to say that in Creed Humphrey. And and, and today, I think, to, to circle back to your point, today I think we got an idea why when we really heard for him for one of the few times. Chad McKee is our guest. You see him on game day for the Sooner TV, Sooner Sports TV. What Are you guys going 10 a.m. again this year? No, what we will on normal Saturdays, Chris, but with this being a 6.30 and a Sunday night kickoff, we'll actually air one hour prior to the game. So Ooh. we'll lead you up to kickoff, you know, on Fox Sports Oklahoma. And uh, Gabe and Teddy and I, and uh, we'll, we'll have that full one-hour show right up to kickoff. So you can watch us before you flip it over to ABC. Quickly on the, you know, think about this. I was saying this to Toby on the, on the press conference show for years and years, the number one television program in our country, uh, when we liked our politics more down the middle (laughs) was 60 minutes. Remember that you'd look at the TV ratings every, well, when, when did it air Sunday nights from six to seven o'clock? It was the number one most viewed program in the country. That's where Oklahoma football is going to be. This is a big deal to air. And we're just coming off the, uh, you know, the primetime Saturday night spotlight game with Florida and Miami. It had the best non-college football playoff ratings for any football game since like 2016. Wow. So, so people are starved for football. And when you get that solo spotlight, on a national network like ABC, you know, you, you can have rabbit ears and pick up this game on ABC. <laughs> so it, it's a big deal. And I, I think it's really cool. I don't know that it's something that they want to do every year, but when you can get in the spotlight and have a special event like this, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll wrap on this too. I, so many times we've talked about the whiteout. We've talked about it being on a Sunday, but Chad, I think there's going to be great energy. I think there's a lot of excitement around this team. I think the fact that, yeah, you, Dana Holgerson's coaching Houston now, and the last time they played Houston, we know what happened. I think this is going to be a pretty juiced atmosphere, too, on Sunday night. Oh, and let's add the weather's going to be pretty nice, too. And at this, you know, evening kickoff, yeah, it's a Sunday, but it's Labor Day the next day. A lot of people right. aren't going to have to worry about going into work, which will be <laughs> which will be nice as well. You and I may have a few things that we have to do, but, yep. yeah, a lot of the people coming to the game. So I, I think all of those things made it the right opportunity. And, and I think this is, you know, I wouldn't say the perfect opponent for an opener, but it's pretty close. You know, you, you've got a program you're a little familiar with. There's a bit of a geographic rivalry to it. I suppose you say you are looking for a little bit of revenge after what happened in the season opener of, uh, what, 2016. Tom Herman's Cougars getting the Sooners down there at, uh, at NRG Stadium. And, and, but it's a, it's a very winnable game. It's the kind that uh, looks really good. Not that we're into style points, but I think at the end of the year, it will look good because I think Houston will have a, a chance to win their league. And if you can beat a quality opponent like that, it'll be good. And let, you know, let's not fail to mention what a test for Alex Grinch in his first uh, effort as Sooner defensive coordinator to go against a mind like Dana Holgerson. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be one heck of a challenge for him. And I can't wait to see how he excels. I can't wait to see him perform. Chad, thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk to you every Monday. My pleasure. Look forward to it. And uh, once again, Sooner Game Day, 530 Fox Sports, Oklahoma, Sunday night. We'll be taking you right up to kickoff, Plank. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you, man. Thanks to Chad. He'll be a regular part of our Monday podcast right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. All righty. 
I always get an opportunity to talk to three players at the Monday press conference. Creed Humphrey, Neville Gallimore, and Grant Calcaterra were the three players today. We'll bring you Neville and Creed Humphrey as part of tomorrow's podcast. But today, I wanted to share a little bit from Grant Calcaterra, who's ready for the season to get rolling. Grant Calcaterra joins his veteran move, shorts, flip-flops. Good call, my man. How are you feeling right now heading into the year? Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, just uh, ready to start the week, you know, preparing for Houston. Um, you know, getting back into the groove of things this season. So, you know, feeling pretty good, uh, getting ready to go. You're used to it now, but what's the adjustment like going from camp and then you get into school starting and then you get into game week? Is that is that a challenge for you guys mentally and physically? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, camp being up here most of the day, you know, dedicating all your time to football. And so as you get into school, you got to dedicate – when you're in school, you got to be, you know, all locked in, you know, focusing, taking notes, um, getting all your assignments turned in, and then you got to be able to flip the switch, and uh, you know, focus all your energy on football. So it's just learning that, um, getting that down, and you'll be all right. For you personally, where was the area you wanted to improve the most the off season? Was it physical? Was it more mental? Was it route running? Where did you want to step up? Um, I would say, I mean, it's it's tough to say. I, mean, I focused a lot on, uh, you know, blocking just because, you know, you can always improve as a downfield blocker and inline blocker. But, you know, I tried to make strides everywhere. You know, on different days I'd work on, uh, you know, fixing my routes up, on uh, getting on the jugs, you know, working on my hands, uh, doing hand fighting with uh, uh, Benny Wiley and those guys work, working on blocking. So, you know, just honestly everything. But, um doing everything I can to, you know, improve in, in all areas. You mentioned Benny. It's year two in his program. How, how much of adjustment has that been with Benny? Now, you got used to it last year, but he, he demands a lot of you guys, but also has that personal touch to things, too. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been great. You know, I love all the guys that he's brought in on staff. Um, I liked his, you know, his new philosophy of, of how he does things. So um, it's been great to be able to, you know, go in there uh, different times of the day and know you can always get some uh, extra work in. You still bouncing around a little bit, little Mike Gundy, little Shane Beamer, or is yeah. it all is it all the inside receivers room mostly for you now? Uh, it, it's a little bit of both. I go with, I go with uh, with Gundy, you know, probably most of the time, and I'm also in with Beamer. Uh, learned from him and Coach Hanson as well, uh, and Coach Beanbow. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I love bouncing around, um, getting to learn a little bit more about the offense and you know how I can help and improve. Um, so yeah, it's been great. How can you help a new quarterback? What can Grant Calcaterra do with the quarterback that's new in this offense to help him out? Um, I guess just be a reliable, you know, be, be a reliable player for him. You know, be there when they need to get some extra work in. Be there if they have questions about, you know, different signals or, uh, you know, how these route, how different routes are supposed to be ran, uh, things like that, where I'm going to be uh, blocking, uh, different things like that. So just being a resource, you know, somebody who knows the offense pretty well now, um, they can come to and uh, you know ask questions. You know, it's obvious. Uh, you saw Baker. You saw Kyler. Now with Jalen Hurts being named the yeah. starter, does that change much for you as far as the ball and how it comes and how maybe even you run your routes? Uh, you know, not really. Um, I can't really pinpoint anything that's been different about how we're doing things. Um, you know, just more of the same. You know, more just getting out there and getting reps and getting comfortable with them is just how um, how it's different. You know, you got to get comfortable with the quarterback. Um, so that's pretty much it. Hey, I'll ask this to let you go. 
the heat, you guys working in that has had to be a challenge. But how does that prepare you working in 100 degree temperatures and, and, and the weather the way it is? And now it looks like it might even be a nice night on Sunday. How does that heat help affect you guys and help prepare you guys? Oh, it helps a ton. You know, the more of those super hot practices you go through, the better, the more you get used to it. So, you know, when there comes a time where there's a game when it's, you know, 100 and 100 on the field, um, you know, 110 degree index because it's so humid. Um, you, you're used to it, and it's not a surprise to you. It's something that you can push through. Oh, and you know who we didn't hear from? We haven't heard from Jalen Hurts, but he did have a press conference last week. After he was named the starting quarterback, he sent a lot of people scurrying to understand the story of the coffee bean. You know, I, I, I think, you know, you got to try and be the coffee bean. You know, I got, when, I, when I say coffee bean, you got the carrot, um, the egg. You, know, you put an egg in boiling water, it hardens up. It doesn't affect anything. The carrot softens up. The coffee bean spreads and gets stronger and, and impacts the people around you, you know. Try to be that coffee bean. The coffee bean story came from motivational speaker Damon West. He's a former North Texas quarterback. West had the story relayed to him while he was an inmate at the Dallas County Jail. And the person who gave him the coffee bean talk was a man who had just been sentenced to 65 years in prison. He was released, was Damon West, and he changed his life, thanks in part, to this mindset. So now he goes across the country sharing the story, sharing the idea of being a coffee bean and, and spreading your love and your leadership. And I thought it was a, a pretty fantastic Recall from Jalen Hurts and good digging, by the way. I, I saw it from Jason Kersey on the Athletic. I think uh, I think Tyler Palmatier had an article about it in the Norman Transcript. Just a good job by the guys who cover the Oklahoma Sooner beat. So that'll do it for the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is our first ever Monday edition. We'll call this the Press Recap Show, and we'll always wrap it up with the Lincoln Rally Press Conference. Hey, we'll see you all tomorrow with the Sooner Sports Podcast Live. But let's say adios with the Coach Riley Presser. All right, thank you, Mike. Great to have everybody back. Certainly an uh, exciting time for us. We're, we're, uh, we, we can't wait for Sunday. It's been, uh, been a long, fun camp. Guys have really gotten better. Um, and and uh, we're really looking forward to this matchup, without a doubt. Uh, getting to do something that, that, that hasn't been done here, open the season here at a Sunday night in front of the, the eyes of the country is going to be a – a great thing for, for our team, our fan base, our recruits. Uh, you know, I know our athletic department has planned a lot of great things here uh, around this around this Sunday game, and uh, so I think it's just going to be a great thing for for our entire community. And so uh, we're certainly looking forward to it. And 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 then that on top of that, getting a chance to play a really good team in, in Houston, uh, a team that like us is going through some 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 changes. Obviously, with with new head coach, a guy we're all familiar with, and, and, and Dana Holgerson, fantastic coach, uh, and and know that he'll do a great job at Houston. Uh, you know, everything with them as you as you look at them, even though it's you know new schemes. Uh, offensively and defensively, when you look at them, it's it's it all starts with the quarterback. You know, quarterback's a fantastic player. Uh, you know, easily one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He, he's certainly a dual threat guy that can you know make all the throws, but certainly can scare you with with what he can do with his legs as well. And so, trying to 
limit him in some form or fashion will certainly be a, a key to the game for us defensively. Uh, he is just he, he's fantastic. He could play just about anywhere, and uh, you know, very familiar with his career growing up in Houston. And obviously, all the great job he's done was having a phenomenal year last year before a. Uh, before he was injured there at the end of the year, but but certainly a tremendous player that I know they'll build around. And they certainly have some some outstanding skill around him too. Uh, several of that conference's top returning receivers coming back, guys that really pop on tape, uh, and, and very athletic on the front. Uh, defensively, uh, lost quite a bit from last year's group. Brought in a new defensive coordinator uh, uh, from Arkansas State. Uh, they're very very productive there. Guy was a you know certainly one of the if you'd say top kind of hot names as far as coordinators around the country. He was certainly one of the guys prominently on that list and uh, uh, returned two safeties that, that, that are very, very good players. A couple of guys in the interior that played, especially as they had some injuries early in the year. So we're going to see a different group there, uh, also a group that's littered with, with, uh, with transfers kind of from all over the place. So a lot of new players and in addition to new schemes. So I mean, this game, like a lot of other firsts, is going to be it's going to be about adjustments. There's going to be things on both sides of the ball. Obviously, us doing some new things schematically on, on defense, them having new schemes on both offense and defense. There's going to be, there's going to be some surprises. That's that's part of first games. You you understand that. Uh, we're used to that. Uh, our guys have got to be ready to have a great week of practice and certainly be excited as hell to go play this game because it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a tremendous atmosphere. Uh, here Sunday night, and uh, so we can't wait to get started. What's your expectations for your defense this year, Oh, I wouldn't start into the year now. I mean, we've got expectations on on how we can play here in the beginning. I mean, I expect us to play well, but I also know to build this thing the way we want to build it, it's going to be a process. I got asked about it this morning uh, on the uh, on the teleconference, and and it was. I, I compared it to, and I know I have this process a lot, to when we came in in 2015 on the other side of the ball. And, you know, we weren't very good there in the beginning. Now, and I'm not saying that's where we're going to be right now. I think we, we have plenty of capability to be very good right now. But, it, but it's a process. When it's year one, it's going to be about consistent improvement. So, you know, you certainly want to go get off to a great start. We've got a, a big-time challenge ahead of us here in Houston offensively. Uh, but we want to go get off to a great start. And then the key for us to, to reach the goals and be as good as we think we can be towards the end of the year is just going to be game-by-game game improvement. And that's what we'll have to have. Along those lines, um, a couple of years ago, I guess last year, you saw some real um, good results early on in the season defensively. Uh, and part of that was maybe who you were playing. This team, like you said, they pop offensively. They've got dangerous players in various positions. If they do uh, have a big day defense, uh, offensively, Houston, I'm talking about, and your defense does show some of the same things that have, is it like too early to panic? You see what I'm saying? Everybody got on the on the board last year early. Is it game one? I mean, it's uh, early everybody, that, that's game one, whether <laughs> Doesn't matter if they go well, don't go well. It's going to be you. Can, the one thing you can guarantee is it's going to be complete overreaction by the public on every part of it. So that that's just that's just the nature of the beast that we deal with. You know, for us, uh, Houston certainly is, I think, fair to say, more of a challenge offensively than what we saw uh, in our non-conference last year. I don't think there's any doubt about that, especially with the quarterback. I mean, he's just he's a he's a game changer for them. Uh, but 
you know, we're going to go play this one as hard as we can, and then we're going to then we'll get ready for the next one. Lincoln, you talk about consistency with the defense over the year, something you'd like to see. But coming out of this game, if it's not overreaction, you want to fight against that after one game, what are some of those hallmarks you'd like to see out of your defense after Sunday night? Oh, I think the, the, the normal game one things, and honestly, regardless if you've had a system for 10 years or if this is year one of, of how do we communicate, I think that's going to be – very important against a group like this that, that we know is going to have the ability to go up tempo. Um, uh, how do we tackle? That's always a game one uh, deal for anybody and everybody. Anybody that watched that game the other night can see the value in that. Uh, and then I think, you know, how do we fly around and, and with that create turnovers or negative plays? You know, that's that's been a big emphasis for us. and. Uh, it was a big emphasis in bringing you know this group in here that we did, and and we know how important that is in this day and age in football. And so we we need to do those things. I'm not going to say we're going to do them at a end of season level, but we expect to do those at a high level on Sunday. Okay, Bill Haston, uh, Lincoln, in in the going into the season, do, do you feel like you know what the Jalen Hurts offense will look like, or will there be? His first three games, a lot of learning and adjusting as you go. Um, probably a little bit of both is the most fair answer. I mean, get an idea of what we think it's going to look like in the beginning, but it'll evolve. You know, it'll evolve as you know as as Jalen evolves. It'll evolve as you know our our other positions on offense do. It'll evolve as we see you know, how people are going to play us uh, and what we feel like we need to do to attack them. So. You know, we've got a good idea going into this first one, but but you know, it always changes each and every year, and that's the fun in it. How much did it evolve, like in September last year, or did you come out of camp knowing that Murray could execute everything you asked him to do? A pretty good idea of what what he could execute, but I would say, as he got more comfortable as the year went on, we were able to certainly do more and more, uh, both him and just the whole group combined. And the quarterback is a big part of it, but you know there may be things that that a quarterback can execute that maybe your other guys aren't ready to too. You know, and the answer for us is if we think it's a good way to attack somebody and we feel like all eleven can do it, then it's good for us. Certainly, the quarterback figures in that, but he's not the only factor. Quick front. Uh, Coach, uh, why do you not put out a depth chart before your opener? Is that strategic, or is that just a deal where things are still being decided? Uh, not strategic. Just once again, this is a big week for us. We've still got some some position battles going on. We've got some certainly some spots where we're going to have multiple guys play, and uh, haven't made some decisions yet on starters. Um, even in a couple of positions, we've still got as many as three guys that could play and play a majority of the game. So. Uh, it's just to give us as coaches a better chance to to evaluate it and then hopefully give you guys something a little bit more accurate midweek. James Hill. do you know what freshmen are definitely going to play for you this year yet? Uh, we, we've got an idea. Um, the four-game deal is a, is a factor in that because even, you know, potentially even some guys that maybe do end up red-shirting could play early. And so... Uh, We've got a we've got some guys kind of earmarked in the back of our mind that if we had to make a decision today on if they were going to redshirt or not, what we would do with them. Uh, but uh, like we kind of talked about last year, this is more of an ongoing conversation 
as the year goes on, both the strategy on how they can help your team, the strategy on do you at the end of the day want to redshirt this guy or, or do you know that you're not going to be able to. It's just uh, it's a little bit more free-flowing than it used to be. So I think we're going to have a number of guys that are going to be in, in position to contribute if they can you know, continue to improve and on some of the things they've done in fall camp. Chris yeah, Lincoln, when it comes to the guys, like in their fourth year program, coming back, injury, a lot of people start to write them off. What does it say about Jordan Parker, Chance Sylvie, why they battled back and can still be difference makers? That's important for us right now um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, again, I've always said great teams, your, your older players have got to play the best ball of their lives, and uh, you just you can't replace that. And and so those guys have both had, had, a, had a tough road at times here. They both had some really bright moments. They both had you know, some tough moments, certainly with the injuries. And, uh, and so, yeah, having them back, it's, it's great for our team. It's two experienced players, two good players. Um, it's, I think it's really important now with where we're at defensively too, especially in the secondary, uh, to, to have two experienced guys that have, have been in it. Um, and they've both been extremely positive and, and good leaders, good role models as we've made this change defensively. And uh, so it's, uh, I'm happy for both of those two guys to get their opportunity. They've certainly earned it, but it's, uh, it's just as important for this team as it is for them individually. Yeah, hi, Lincoln, <clears throat> perspective question, if you don't mind. But okay. I remember the day that you succeeded Bob and there was just such a feeling of, wow, you know, this is, this is really happening. And I, and I think you kind of took that even in your, your first season as coach where a lot of times we'd ask you, how does this feel? How does, you know, is this, is this interesting? And I'm just trying to get a sense of how uh, from then to now, this, this really does feel like your baby. I mean, that not, Bob, Bob still hangs over this place a little bit, of course, but he's moved on to another job. He's got a book out and it's just the t passage of time. It just feels like, you know what I mean? It's, you're going to say you took ownership probably pretty quick. I get that, but just perspective as, as opposed to those first few, you know, first few moments, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels different than than, than the beginning. Certainly, that you know, everything was new for me at that point. And uh, um, as far as the, I, I feel more. I always felt comfortable in it. It feels more, like I said, just more normal. There's not as many surprises now uh, with the job. Uh, as far as perspective on the ownership of it, that doesn't really feel any different. I mean, it's, I just don't think of it that way. You know, it's, it's, it's all of our baby, you know? I mean, it's the, all the staff that do all the things behind the scenes. It's the players that have been here, the players that are here now, the f fans, the people that support us. I mean, it's all of our baby. It's not, this is way bigger than one person's deal. And, uh, I get somebody's got to be the head of it, but it's that that doesn't mean it's theirs. And so I, I still just kind of see myself as a cog in the machine, you know, and just that that I'm just trying to do my role the best for it. I I, I just don't see it as and and Bob taking the job in the XFL or writing a book or being around or not being around has never had any impact on my thoughts on that. I mean I. I'm thankful that he's playing in the spring so he can keep being around, you know, us right now. So uh, that's uh, that's just part of how it's supposed to be here, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But I, I don't I don't feel ownership of it. I just I feel more more comfortable in the job, more a little bit smoother, you know, as you've done some of the things and experienced it a little bit. But it's 
it's still kind of the thrilling daily fight that it was a couple of years ago. That doesn't feel like it's changed at all. Put your stamp on any aspect of the program in particular. I think people go to recruiting and just the energy you brought to that. And I don't know if that's out of it's just most obvious to folks, but I yeah. I mean, I just think as a staff, we've we always try to continue to reevaluate ourselves, and and that's the only way you keep getting better. I, I the one answer I always tell guys in the staff room, the one answer I hate is, well, let's do this because we this is how we've always done it. I mean. That, that doesn't mean anything. You either do something because it's the best or you don't. And, and so we do constantly reevaluate. We have, as a staff, we have you know, made some changes. As administration, you know, that we've made changes or they've backed us. And so there, there have been things that have evolved, but I don't, I don't feel like it's a personal stamp. I just feel like it's, us, it's our job to continue to evolve and make this place the best we can be, and that's, that's just what we try to do. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, they were talking about consistency on defense earlier. If there is a big play that happens, how do you kind of, as coaching staff, kind of get them to not even players overreact in that situation of, oh, here we go again, Yeah, well, it's a different time, you know, and it's a, the, you know, I've talked about from day one with Alex, the reason why I wanted to hire him was, was most importantly the mentality that, that, that he, Helps instill in our defensive players, and uh, so that's uh, that mentality. But that wasn't all coach speak. You know, that's that's for real life situations, and those come up in games. You're gonna tough things are gonna happen. I don't care who you are, how great you are on one side of the ball or another. Tough things are gonna happen, and part of your mentality is how you respond to those things. So all that preaching that we've been doing, all the things that we've been pushing with our guys. We get some real-life game situations here Sunday night to, to show that. And uh, so I'm eager to see you know, us show our mentality. And a lot of times, that's when you need it the most is when adversity hits. Coach, wondering if you uh, learned anything uh, or were reminded of anything in watching those two games uh, this weekend, and if there were things that you can take from that uh, and teach your, your players uh, with. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there certainly is. There's some great examples in both of those. In clock management, I mean, you know, poor tackling, penalties. I mean, there was the, the, the uh, Florida-Miami game was, I mean, you could literally just take that and do and it, about three team meetings with that. I, every coach in America probably is right now. I mean, it's, there's all kinds of great stuff. I mean, the effort and all that was off the charts, but then, the turnovers, the penalties, all the, the situational stuff at the end was great to learn from. So, yeah, there's nothing like new games. I mean, we, we constantly harp on that, but it's great for them to be able to see it in action and, and, and a week ahead of before you get started. So certainly some great lessons there. Go to the right, Tyler Holmes here. Lincoln, in the past, Mike obviously was up in the box, and you're going to get Alex down on the sidelines now. What's that going to be like for you? You are kind of an emotional guy at times on the sidelines, as I guess everybody is. But uh, what does that add to you guys having an extra coach on the field? And what do you think about just having you know your defensive coordinator down there with you? Yeah, it, it fits. It's I don't know that philosophically I I feel like there's a cookie cutter answer that they should be up top or should be down. I think it's it's one. It's the staff you have around you, and do you have people up top that you know can get you the information that that you need? Um, because that's critical. Uh, you have to have that to be able to to make adjustments, or if you know something's hurting you, to know where it's at, or if you have a leak somewhere, to know how to plug it. And uh, 
So we, we feel like the staff sets up that way. And then, and then again, going back to the mentality thing, it just because of how important we believe that is, uh, Alex being on the field, you know, in those moments to be able to look our guys in the eye is, is extremely important to us. You don't have much of a choice as a head coach, I guess, to be, can't be up in the box, but how much more beneficial from an X's and O's standpoint is that? Just being able to look at it like a, Alex calls it a video game. Yeah, it's, it's from an X's and O's standpoint, it's helpful. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. It is. You just, you got to decide. You know, do you feel like you have enough on the mentality side on the field? You know, and that was when I got the chance to call plays, that was always the thing that kept me on the field. I schematically I really wanted to be up there, but I just I it kept hitting at me that if if something goes wrong, I want to be able to look them in the eye. You know, and if we if we can get that part of it right, then we'll cover up if we have a X's and O's, you know, gaff or something like that. We'll we'll get past it. But if the mentality's not right, it don't matter what the X's and O's are. So that was a thought process behind it and I, and is with Alex as well. Jason Kersey. Yeah, Lincoln. Um, you know, last year, Jalen knew he was the backup, probably could have if he'd wanted to, with the redshirt rule, the transfer portal, said, I'm not going to play more than four games, right. have two years. The fact that he didn't do that, what does that say about him? And, and secondly, do you at any way, at any point, wish you had two years with him? Um, what it says about him, I mean, he's a, he's a team guy. You know, he, he is certainly a team guy. He's, he's shown that since he, since he got here. Um, you know, I can't speak too much about the time at Alabama because I wasn't there. But, yeah, I mean, I, he, I, I'm just getting to know him, he wanted to do that for his team. I mean, he's, he's kind of a – he's either all in or all out kind of guy. And uh, he was all in with that team, and I don't, I don't think it really ever crossed his mind much. Um, and then, yeah, would I want to have two years with him? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, definitely, would love to, uh, but you know it's all hypothetical now. So we'll, we'll have one good one. Does that four-game rule though create any awkward situations with players? You know, wanting knowing they're not going to start, so then they maybe start to think about those sure. things. Do you have those conversations? It, we have them, but they're not awkward because it's it's the rules, it's real life, and this is these guys' career, and so you you gotta be willing to talk to them about it. I mean that's. I mean, players are going to think about their careers and, and what's best, and I mean, who could blame them? And so uh, we don't, we try to take the awkwardness out of it, and we openly talk about it in team meetings. We've got open door policy with me and our other coaches to come visit about it because we can put our head in the sand and pretend like they're not thinking about it and act like it's not there, or we can address the issues that we know are there. And so, um, you know, I'm not saying some of the conversations haven't been tough with that, and I'm not saying there's always a clear-cut right answer, but the lines of communication with our players here at Oklahoma are wide open, and uh, there's never not going to be anything that we won't discuss. And and there's, you know, you always hope on decisions like that that you can match up, and what's best for the team is also best for the individual player. That's not always the case. Um, I mean, we dealt with that with Caleb Kelly uh, last year. You know, I mean, that was kind of an ongoing conversation. And Caleb ultimately decided, kind of like Jalen did, that he, he wanted to do what's best for a team, and we probably don't win the Big 12 championship without him. So there's a lot of great examples back and forth. Um, not ever one right answer, but we always try to have a good, open, honest conversation with our guys about it when it does come up. Eric Bailey. 
Well, Lincoln, how important is it to have experience running backs in the backfield with Jalen as he becomes acclimated? And do you anticipate a lot of those guys in that room getting a lot of touches in these first few weeks? Yeah, no, it's it's certainly helpful. You know, we've got we've got some experienced guys back there. We've got depth. We've got talent. I mean, it's a it's a good room. I mean, without a doubt, and uh, it does help. It does help. Just it helps on. Communication. It helps on you know guys that have that have, have been in the fire, have been in the system, guys that we think are going to be pretty tough for people to tackle, and uh, so absolutely, it makes a big difference. And and you can see, you know, those guys starting to get pretty comfortable with Jalen right now, which is a good thing. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of those guys possibly getting early touches in these first couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, for us, we've always you know we've normally played between two and three backs, you know, in games, and so. Uh, but I also will say I don't know that we've had depth at running back, you know, like we like we have on this current team, uh, which is a which is a great situation to be in. So, um, you know, we, we like we like the skill level in there. There's there's easily, you know, there's easily four maybe five guys in that room that we'd have no problem giving a, a good share of carries uh, in any at any point this season. Okay, over here, Myron Patton. What have you seen uh, defensively? Yeah. Sure, a game teaches you some things you can't see in practice and scrimmages, but has there been anything you've seen like in the scrimmages that maybe you want to see it translates to a real game where you know, fans in the stands things that nature, a positive thing that improved? Oh, yeah, there's been a lot of positives. I mean, it's, it's again, the way we've flown around to the football, uh, the way we've aggressively attacked the ball, uh, you know, probably at the top of my list right now. I, I just. I love the, the mentality our group has. And like you said, it's getting ready to get tested in some different ways. And, uh, and it's going to have to continue to grow and adapt. Uh, but I like that. And I like, I like the, there's a, there's kind of a, I don't know, to me, a little bit more sense of a, of a brotherhood on that side of the ball right now. Um, I'm not saying it was missing in the last few years. I just feel it, that group maybe bonded together a little bit tighter right now, um, which is always a great thing. So I'm kind of, I'm excited to see how that translates to our play and, and how that gives us leadership and, and camaraderie throughout this year because it is a long, tough, demanding year. Um, so I, I, just, I like where the group's heads at right now. I'm certainly excited, I'm as excited to play, see them play as, as any, any single person out there, but I, I, I like where we're headed. Lincoln, you talked a little bit earlier about, uh, at, at the beginning of the press conference, you talked a little bit about, you know, uh, really excited about this opportunity to be able to play on Sunday night. It's really rare when you have literally no other football game, college pro, whatever, uh, going on at that time, and it would be Labor Day weekend. You guys will literally have the spotlight kind of all to yourself. What, what sort of opportunity do you think that provides for this university, not just the football program, but for people to be able to look on TV uh, home with family and see Norman and see, you know, 87, 97,000 people. Uh, it provides, it provides exposure for this university, for our community, for our state that honestly, it's hard to get it on any other level like that. I mean, in anything else, it's, uh, you know, we, we understand the, the value that this, this program brings to this area and to this school. We know we're, we're just a, part of it, but we know that as far as exposure and putting eyes on Oklahoma and, and so many people's, you know, kind of first impression of Oklahoma will be what they see from our football team. We get that. And uh, so want it to be positive, um, want it to be fun, exciting. Uh, it's an it's important night for, 
for us for so many reasons, for, for our program, for our city, um, for our university for so many reasons. So we take pride and, in, in, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully getting this year off to a great start with it. Speaking of pride, Lincoln, I know you go down into the Houston area to recruit. I'm kind of curious what what you've heard from Houston area people about the fact you have Jalen now. Um, I assume that there's sort of a Jalen Hurts mystique down there. But what do coaches, what do players say, if anything, about this guy? Yeah, I mean, they, there's I think a deep respect for him among. You know, among, I mean, Houston, you certainly feel it more there just because guys that coached against him or, you know, know his father or, or just know about him. I mean, there's, they, they take pride certainly in him being from that area. But honestly, it's any, anywhere I go, it's, I think there's such a deep respect for how he's handled his career up to this point that anywhere you go, you, people ask about him and are, you know, impressed by the kid. So, uh, but this certainly doesn't hurt in that area. He's, you know, we've had, you know, you really kind of think about it in the last three years. We probably had biggest name to come out of the Austin area in a long time. We've had the biggest name to come out of the Dallas area in a long time. And now one of the bigger names to come out of the Houston area in a long time that have played quarterbacks for us in three consecutive years. So that lines up pretty good. Can we go to Colin Kennedy in the back? Yeah, Lincoln, obviously a lot of people are interested in this matchup because your defense gets to go up against very high-powered offense. But at the same time, are you interested in the prospect of your offense potentially have to go out and continuously match the production of the opposing team's offense, similar to how it went last time you played Coach Hogerson up there? Uh, I, just, I just don't think of it like that. I mean, it's it's two sides of the ball. You know, we certainly want to be able to build off each other's momentum and, and grow. Um, but, you know, we're not – Offensively, we're not playing against another team's offense. You know, defensively, we're not playing against another team's defense. You got your matchups out there, and for us to win the game, we got to win a few more of them than than, than our opponent does. And so, I, we're just going to try to do the very best job we can on all three sides of the ball, and and uh, hopefully we can get some momentum going our way and get on a run where those sides are complementing each other, and that that's when we play our best ball. So that'll be our goal. Just a couple more, Ryan Aver. Lincoln, earlier you touched on recruiting when you're listening off the positives of this Sunday night game. Specifically with that, how big is uh, the advantage of recruiting given the guys you can bring in here on Sunday night that maybe would have choices to make otherwise? And also just the fact that everybody's going to be watching this game around the country. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that was when, when Joe Castiglione first brought this up to me, that was one of the first things that popped in my mind was the opportunity, you know, for recruiting. The, you know, you're gonna get, you're gonna have tremendous weather. Uh, you're gonna have time to, you know, a lot of times for a Saturday kickoff, you know, to get recruits here from a Friday night game, especially when you recruit all over the country like we do. That's, that's challenging. The 11 o'clocks are basically impossible for most of them, and uh, so. To be able to get all the kids we want here, to be able to get a lot of them home on uh, on Monday, um, and, and plenty of time to be at their high school practices that next afternoon. For the atmosphere, it's going to be like you said, the exposure we're going to have. Uh, we'll have a ton of unofficial guys that come in just because, like you said, there's nowhere else for them to go, and they don't have school Monday morning, obviously either. So it just it fits great. I mean, it really does. It fits great. We got a great group of official visitors coming in, and. Expect to have a lot more great unofficials, and the rest will be watching on TV at home. So it's a great time for us to showcase our program. Yeah, Coach, a couple of parts here. First of all, what do you remember most about the 2016 loss? And then also, is that a game that you use as kind of a teaching point 
in terms of being prepared for your opener? Uh, what I remember most, yeah, just we played, we just we played awful. Um, not much more than that. Um, uh, yeah, there's certainly teaching moments. I mean, when you play a good team in the opener, you can't do things like we did in that game. We turned the ball over, had an enormous special teams mistake in that game. You know, we gave up a ton of third downs defensively. Um, had a lot of missed opportunities against a good football team that day that we didn't we didn't we didn't do very well. And so, uh, it's be certainly going to be a challenge. I mean, there's there's no doubt this is a really good football team coming in here and. Uh, like our guys know that. I think our guys have a, a healthy respect for Houston and the players they have, the coaches they have, and know that that uh, we need to play very well. Close it down. Defensive line, your thoughts, and what players have made a, a great jump from a year ago in the defensive line? Yeah, probably the position group I'm probably most excited to see play uh, Sunday night. If I had to pick one, that's. Uh, the depth there is, is different, uh, and we're certainly going to rotate a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of guys have shown us that they're they're able and ready to play. Uh, certainly excited about the noses, you know, between Neville and um, Q Overton, Dylan Fomital, those guys, possibly a couple of the young guys. I mean, that's a that's a old group that's been around here for a while that I think are. A lot of those guys have trimmed down uh, weight-wise. They're in a great, probably the best shape of their life, and just excited about what we're doing with those guys right now. They've been extremely productive, uh, really, the entire camp. Um, you know, I think Ronnie Perkins has, has made a nice jump here in camp, really done a nice job for us. Uh, LaRon Stokes, excited to see him play, excited to see Jalen Redmond play. Um, we're going to throw a couple of those puppies in there. Um, and, and see uh, see what they look like, but early indications are that 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 front seven group that we signed is has uh, has got a chance to be a pretty pretty nice group. So, um, and I'm also probably leaving a guy or two out, but that's that's uh, it's that kind of group right now. We have we got a lot of players in there. We got a lot of guys that that, that can play, and and I think we're going to be able to keep them fresh. And and uh, they they've been certainly one of the more impressive groups on the team throughout this fall camp, and I expect to see that Sunday night. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 